Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, this is Steve Silver with Silver Screen Videos, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. I got a book for you today. It's called Year Zero. That's right, Year Zero. So if you don't want to be spoiled, because I'm going to be talking about spoilers, go ahead and read it, and then come back. Make sure you come back. Because you certainly want to hear what I have to say, right? Uh, maybe you don't. But I mean, you're listening to this, so maybe you do. Hmm. <laughs> Anyways, we'll let you figure that one out. But, alright, so you're back with me. You've read the book. You listened to the audiobook. You, you know, danced around or whatever the heck it is you do in between hearing the recommendation and listening to the podcast. Uh, because you don't want to hear any of my spoilers, but now I'm going to go ahead and talk about Year Zero. So Year Zero is a genre. That is my cat, by the way. So if you heard the meowing in the background, my cat has decided to be a guest on this podcast. Uh, So, you know, unfortunately, I usually record these podcasts in my closet. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I bet you didn't know that. Closets give you much better sound quality than, say, a room. But that closet is full of Christmas presents because <laughs> it's Christmas and we got a lot of presents and got to hide them somewhere. And so my recording closet is the thing to go. Uh, so, you know, uh, I usually record about four episodes at the same time. So I imagine that, you know, by the time I'm <laughs> done uh <laughs> recording all December's episodes. The next time I'll be back in my closet because it will have been Christmas. <laughs> the closet will be free. But that means for the next four episodes, you're probably going to get a guest cat, depending if she wants to meow while I'm recording. Uh, so uh, go ahead and meow for the audience. Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and change where I'm sitting here to see if she'll meow for you. Go ahead and meow. 
Now she's shy, of course. Oh, there you go. You got a meow. Anyways, uh, <laughs> back to year zero. Uh, we'll see if that even makes it in the podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> might be an outtake. <laughs> so, anyways, back to year zero. Year zero is a genre that is close to my heart. It is called science fiction comedy. <laughs> I love myself science fiction comedy. I am a science fiction comedy junkie. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I wrote a, a series called Time Burrito that is, uh, you know, a book about a guy trying to, you know, use time travel to make the perfect uh, breakfast burrito. And it has a sequel called The Bison Agenda, which is about, uh, you know, using time travel to uh, make buffalo wings. <laughs> and then uh, the third book is, well, the third book is about how time travel... Uh, you know, basically, uh, does something really screwy. I, I can't even explain that one in, like, a few minutes. Uh, so yeah, you, you know, check out, check out the third one's description online. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's the weirdest thing I've ever written, just hands off weird. Uh, but it's funny, you know, people, people like the Time Burrito series get, you know, people saying that they laugh, and that's really, you know, <laughs> why I write sci-fi comedy. So, anyways, uh, Year Zero is a, a, a genre close to my heart, and I give it a resounding yes. You have to go read this. It's hilarious. Loved it. Uh, it's the the premise of this book is quite ingenious, and it's it's dated, by the way. So just so you know, uh, I say it's dated because it came out in like two thousand like nine or something like that. But, you know, a lot of the references were about how the music industry was reacting to Napster and, and whatnot, you know? And, and it's funny because, you know, if we look at it from here at this point, like, now the, the music industry really kind of realized that uh, <laughs> digital is the way to go and have fully embraced it, even more so than, than I would say... Uh, TV studios at this point, because I mean, you know, really one of my big, big, uh, critiques of the television industry is that they're, they're hurting their own profits. And the reason why I'm saying they're hurting their own profits is because they probably could make a whole lot more money if they basically do what Spotify does. You know what I mean? Where, where, you know, offer your stuff for free and, and people will get commercials and ads or let them upgrade to a subscription for no ads, right? I, I, bet, they, I bet they make tons more money than just having, you know, <laughs> exclusive, you have to pay for us to watch, you know, our content, you know, like, like HBO is a really good example. Like, you know, I think Westworld and, and Game of Thrones are the ones that I would watch after on that. And I don't know if I just want to buy a whole subscription service for two shows. And, and honestly, there's plenty of stuff on Netflix to watch, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a holdout on HBO. But, you know, uh, maybe with, with that new plan where they're going to, like, I don't know, release a bunch of movies in 2021, maybe you'll get it for a month or two to see one of the movies that I want to see and <laughs> and maybe try and, you know, binge watch some Westworld and Game of Thrones, and then I'll cut it off after a month or two. It's not something I'm definitely going to keep, but, 
you know, HBO, if you're listening, you'd make a whole lot more money if you just give it for free and do ads. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I've watched so many CW shows because they just give it away for free with ads. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, you know, free content with ads or upgrade uh, for subscription, that's the that's the profit way. I think I think you'll get way more viewers that way. Just saying that. Anyways, uh, you know, uh, irrelevant, by the way, this discussion for for Year Zero, because, you know, uh, the premise of Year Zero is it's about uh, music copyright. And so, you know, in this uh, vision of the of aliens, and I really love this vision. So this kind of does the uh, prime directive, you know, answer to the Fermi uh, paradox. So for those of you not uh, familiar with the Fermi paradox, it's basically uh, uh, Fermi says, you know, where the heck are all the aliens? Uh, you know, uni you know, the galaxy universe really old should be aliens everywhere by now, even if they travel at, you know, sublight speeds to get to the next star. But, you know, with colonization, why isn't the entire freaking galaxy colonized? And and, you know, plenty of reasons that people are thinking of for the answer, but the one that <laughs> seems to make a lot of sense is the prime directive, right? So you take from Star Trek, like, if uh, culture is not advanced enough, then you don't talk to them. <laughs> because if you did talk to them and gave them your technology, you'd either blow up their heads or they'd blow up the universe or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like with great power comes great responsibility. So yeah, I, I could, I could see that as a plausible reason why aliens are, are not, uh, you know, just hanging out <laughs> on your couch, uh, <laughs> you know, watching, uh, Game of Thrones with you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Anyways, so yeah, so in this, it's it's the prime directive, kind of, not, I mean, he doesn't say prime directive, but it's basically all the aliens in year zero are highly advanced artistic speech, species, so art is the big thing that, that unites all, <laughs> like, aliens, and, and artists are the highly revered elite class, and, and we're talking artists of all kinds, you know, like, some aliens are the sculpting species and other aliens are the painting species. And then there's other aliens that are the interior design species. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and it makes a big point that like, like if we, a human even looked at the paintings that these aliens are producing, our heads would literally explode because we wouldn't even like begin to phantom the art on that. Like, like it, it makes a big point that everything that, uh, you know, humans value as art is completely dull to the rest of the universe and 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 so the only way to get out of your you know prime directive bubble so the only way for aliens to like come meet you is to or, or to even care about you is to have some artistic value you add to the universe and so that's the the premise of it you know we're living here not producing anything interesting you know our our our, our best painters in all of history look like amateur hour you know and and our our movies are terrible according like like the there was a really funny passage about like you know how how human movies are are sort of like 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 there for people to make fun of like mystery science theater 3000 like like our best movies are like mystery science theater 3000 bait for them you know what i mean so people just make fun of every art we produce until they heard our music so 
music is the one thing that humans do better than anyone else in the universe. And so the aliens basically go crazy uh, listening to music because they, uh, you know, they basically, like, their heads explode with, with, like, literally there's some aliens that their heads actually explode when they are in music. So anyways, like, music, like, even the worst musician on the planet uh, of Earth is, like, better than their best musician ever, you know? So, like, you know, the aliens suddenly st start, you know, having, you know, aliens that look like celebrities on Earth have, have jobs lip-singing to our songs, and you know what I mean? Like, like this whole industry pops up overnight with aliens when they hear our music for the first time. And so anyways, uh, you know, the p premise of the plot is basically uh, the aliens, when they first hear the music, they copy the music and they distribute the music throughout the universe, and people spend years listening to human music and it's just like the thing that they love the most. And, and they started in the seventies. So like, like it doesn't really go earlier than like seventies music. I believe it was set, maybe it was eighties, but either way there was like a certain era when they started listening to our music and they had, you know, like they were so amazed with what was just going on when they first started listening that they, uh, haven't even gone back yet to hear music before then, you know? And so anyways, they have this huge catalog of music, uh, and they've copied it to every known, you know, uh, <laughs> species and alien on the on the universe. And then they find, uh, the fact that they're breaking, uh, earth copyright law. And, uh, this is, I think, based on an actual law that the music industry was trying to do, but, it was a law saying that they could like sue someone for pirating a song for three hundred thousand dollars per song. You know what I mean? So, or something like that. It was like an egregious fine for pirating music, and and maybe it was something just for the plot of this book. But I do remember at some point there was this like <laughs> music industry push to make the fines for music piracy like off the charts. Uh, so, anyways, in this book, the the fines for music piracy are off the charts and and this the aliens uh basically uh you know when they calculate uh how much fines they owe the people of earth they find that it it is more than the entire wealth of the universe so basically because the aliens pirated our music they owe earth literally everything and the entire you know <laughs> universe will be bankrupt because uh, of music piracy and and so they go to meet our human character a copyright lawyer <laughs> so basically the uh you the the you know main character is a copyright lawyer that works for this really predatory predatory law firm that you know, is, is trying to manipulate the system to make themselves in their music industry rich, basically, like, 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 and, but then they find that that sort of, like, you know, law firm that's creating, you know, the, uh, the laws to make the music industry rich are also going to blow up the planet because, you know, basically some aliens figure out that if you blow up Earth, then you don't owe Earth any money. So, you know, the, in order to avoid paying the fines, uh, <laughs> they're going to blow up the Earth. Uh, so now it's suddenly this, you know, copyright lawyer 
uh, that's been conscripted by a couple aliens to, uh, you know, uh, not <laughs> blow up the, the planet. So they do their fines and it's, it's, it has some, it, it's, you know, it's funny cause they have a bunch of, you know, explanations of why they can't just do the simple solution. So for example, the lawyer's like, well, why don't you just not pay the fines? <laughs> like we can't come collect from you. And, and they have basically like part of their, uh, you know, because they're an artistic society, because art is valued more than anything else, uh, the local laws that uh, <laughs> affect artists are valued more than anything else. So, you know, <laughs> like they're they're breaking their prime directive to to even consider not paying the fines. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's it it becomes this very ridiculous thing. And then on top of that, one thing that I would say was really brilliant about about it is that. All the aliens, like, have a look to them um, that happen to resemble uh, something on Earth. Like, like for example, uh, one of the aliens that wants to blow up the Earth looks like a parrot uh, because his species just happen to look like parrots. And he has, like, a henchman that looks like a vacuum because his species just happen to kind of look like vacuums. Uh, <laughs> so they're sort of ridiculous, you know, premises. Uh, like that also in, embedded. And, and then the prose is also very funny, very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So there's a lot of uh, digressions where it, it explains some things sort of strange and weird about alien culture, which I really, you know, kind of like, uh, you know. And, and so anyways, uh, overall, I would say the book is a very, a very fun read and, and very amusing and uh you know it it moves very quickly so it's not <laughs> it's it's not necessarily something that is going to uh leave you <laughs> sort of hanging i mean it, it everything just moves incredibly quickly and and the main character even gets transported to uh alien worlds uh through you know basically uh, teleportation and it, that that part was kind of a neat description it was basically described as you know the four walls of your room receding from you <laughs> at, at at the same rate at the same time or i guess six if you count the floor and the ceiling you know just receding at the same rate and and then suddenly you're there beyond the earth and then you're there over another planet and i don't know it was a very neat uh travel system and of course it was one that was devised for the purposes of just getting around the galaxy within seconds because you know the whole thing takes place in in i think a day uh if i'm remembering correctly it's been a while since i actually read the book uh you know uh you know when it, once again when i'm you know doing these shows i'm i'm you know sometimes i'm I'm you know not necessarily jumping in to record my thoughts on something right away so you know and and I don't you know I know this is terrible for me to admit but I don't really script out the review sections of <laughs> Aaron's horror show I know I probably should you know script it out I'm you know being a a comedy writer and and having done sketch comedy like for me scripted things just flow better and <laughs> and and whatnot and I really do think you know, if I had time, I would totally script out 
uh, the review sections of the show. But, you know, for me, it's just lack of time, you know, I work a full time job. I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> you know, write my own work. And I'm also, you know, have a three year old and a wife and <laughs> all sorts of things. So, you know, I got to do this kind of more off the cuff when I have time because I just don't have the time to script out. But, you know, if I ever, I don't know, <laughs> make enough money writing to quit my day job, maybe I'll dedicate a little bit of time every week to script out nice, lovely written episodes of the show, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and you'll hear a change. It won't be just me rambling anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, until then, uh, uh, you, you got me rambling and just talking about what I'm thinking about. Uh, so anyways, yeah, year zero, I would, I would highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, once again, it's a very funny read. The prose, I would say, I don't know, it's so Hitchhiker's Guide in, in the sense that, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy kind of does family guy cutaways before family guy did cutaways. Uh, it's not quite the cutaway, you know, family guy, they cut and they do kind of a non-secular joke and then they go back into it, you know, whereas Hitchhiker's Guide would, you know, like in the very first book, Hitchhiker's Guide, there's a, I'm forgetting the passage now, but it's, it's something where they're, you know, talking about, uh, ah, man, I, I'm, 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 I'm totally forgetting, but you know, Hitchhiker's Guide would, would break the action of what's going on to tell you something about alien culture, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, why you need a towel, for example, uh, and, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and, and I really love that. And then this book does this really well. That's, that's really so, you know, the, and, and also the other nice thing about it is, is it, it has a very, uh, I don't know, good cast of characters that kind of, get together to defeat it at the end like you know the lawyer is the main character that you meet but he also has this like neighbor down the hall who happens to be a singer and then you know the <laughs> his boss who is you know devil wears prada boss uh you know is uh it's funny it's i say devil wears prada boss because this book probably came out around the same time or maybe after it was like that character was such a, like a, a trope anyways. The Devil Wears Prada boss, she gets involved and, you know, like, like it, it eventually, like, everyone gets together in the end to save the Earth. And I really like stuff that does that. I like the team getting together. I mean, if you're listening to the Touristic Chronicles, uh, <laughs> that team is, you know, getting together as we speak, uh, in, in the, uh, <laughs> second, uh, <laughs> book of the of those stories but uh yeah no i'm a, a big fan of the team getting together to kind of beat the thing at the end and yeah it's it's a it's a quick one you know a, a nine hour book i think if all said and done uh on audible that's how i by the way experienced it when i said read i mean listen to audible my dirty little secret i listen to a lot of audible <laughs> that that is uh what i do to ingest books lately like I just have found so little time to read, and when I do read, I fall asleep because the only time I have to read is, like, right before I go to bed. So it's, like, either I read at, like, one page every night because I'm asleep before I can get to the second page, and that's nothing to do with the quality of the books, or I pop in some headphones, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and, th and that just keeps me awake longer. I could also, like, 
Like when I love a book, I'm just going to sit there and listen to it while I cook breakfast and while I drive to work and while I'm working out and while I'm, you know, <laughs> at work. You know what I mean? Like, like literally I will be listening to something nonstop. And so this one was one of those ones where I just binged it because I was like, oh, this is good. I love this book. This is funny. Uh, and it was a random find. Like I had no idea this book existed. So anyways, uh, Year Zero, go ahead and check it out. If you like sci-fi comedy, if you're not a big fan of sci-fi comedy, then do not check it out. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show. And if aliens show up to your office today saying that they owe the human race, uh, you know, billions of dollars, uh, before you cash the check, find out if anyone's plotting to blow up the planet before they uh, give you the check for the entire wealth of all the aliens that are out there. All right, have a good night.